Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Continuing on. Coming up bottom of the hour, we're going to talk some indoor motorcycle racing. Looking forward to that as we start to uh, creep ever so near to springtime for those of you that like to uh, either get out on two wheels or just enjoy the sights of two wheels or the sounds for that matter. Uh, but now what we want to do, we want to talk some Brewers baseball. Brewers, uh, pitchers and catchers have reported a lot of optimism about this team. Joining us now from CBS 58 in Milwaukee, our buddy Kevin Holden. Kevin, how you doing, pal? Bill, it's all good. I, yeah, I love – one of the things I love about uh, February is you start spring training and, you know, no matter how cold it is here, I at least get to see video of, of some guys throwing in short sleeves and there's a palm tree here and there. So it's kind of like it's early spring, you know. Now, are you out there? I'll be out. Uh, we'll go out Sunday. <clears throat> Excuse me, and then uh, then we'll be there. It's a short trip for us this year, but we'll go out Sunday. Just enough time for me to get the arm warmed up, just in case they need to let There you go. Well, they ready. may. Let's talk about that because, you, you you know, Corbin Burns is no more. Brandon Woodruff is no more. You've got a young uh, group of pitchers uh, led by Freddie Peralta, but a veteran in Wade Miley. I think the back end of their bullpen is going to be stable. But give me your thoughts on the pitching staff. Yeah, this is this is that moment where the years of, of having any other mistakes covered over by the, the Brandon Woodruffs and Corbin Burns of the world uh, is going to be done. It was a golden era, you know, to, to have that much good pitching. And then a guy like Freddie Peralta in the three spot was just, I mean, it was a dream. And, and for a team that, you know, has had trouble, you know, putting together quality starting pitching traditionally through the years. So, yeah, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to find some stuff. That's why this spring is gonna be a pretty important one, I think, because beyond Freddie, uh, in that you know number one spot, I don't know if if we really really know what two, three, four, five look like. Colin Ray, Wade Miley, obviously, will have spots, and you know then you've got a bunch of other guys that'll be competing. If you get a young guy this spring that really uh, you know flashes in spring training that shows that he's ready. He may get that opportunity sooner rather than later. So, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be a team that will need to score a little bit more because that, that pitching staff is not going to be shut down the way it was, uh, you know, the last several years. How do you like the defense? Because I, I'm excited because of the youth. I'm excited because if Christian Yelich doesn't have to play 120 games in the field, that would be even better. If he plays 60, that would be fantastic. And then, be D, and then he's a DH. They bolstered the first base position. They're good in the battery up the gut. Uh, the only thing I think right now where you can kind of say there's a question mark is maybe over at third. Yeah, third is third's an interesting spot because Andrew Monasterio is a fun player. Uh, you know, and I think a guy that if he's a utility guy, he can, he can help out a ton. He's got a good bat, steady guy. But uh, I don't know about Monasterio as a starter, you know, over at third base. Now, they made that trade with Baltimore. They traded Burns. They got Ortiz, who is, you know, supposedly a terrific defender. And they may just force him in by putting him at third. That may be the way that breaks down, uh, you know, because that spot's open and he can he has a good glove. You know, he'll just make the adjustment from shortstop to third. Uh, you know, obviously, you got Terang and Adamas up the middle. You've got the youth that you mentioned in the outfield, Mitchell and Churio, if he comes north with the team, and Sal Freelich. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny. We watched Arizona go through the season last year with the Corbin Carrolls of the world and make it to the World Series. And the Brewers, at least on offense, are built in a pretty similar way. That's, that's kind of exciting because it's the, it's the trend of baseball, and, and the Brewers are good. They've got youth and they've got speed. 
The uh, the rest of the division, we were talking about the Cardinals yesterday. They have got uh, – there's not one pitcher under the age of 32 in their starting rotation. So give me your thoughts on the Cardinals uh, because I think if the Reds get any pitching at all, they're going to be a viable team that's chasing the top spot. The Cubs are kind of an iffy team. I'm not quite sure where to put them. Uh, but And then you got the Pirates who just kind of toil away in an anonymity. Yeah, I I am I got to say that the biggest surprise for me <laughs> this entire offseason was the Brewers signing Craig Council, you know, get, pulling Craig Council away, the Cubs pulling Craig Council away, and not giving him major pieces. I thought the day they got Council, I thought Shohei Otani was going to be a Cub. I thought this was the one-two punch. They would get, you know, the, maybe the best manager in the game and maybe the best player in the game. And it just, it didn't happen. So, so that was a surprise. The Cubs are such an in-between team for me right now. The Cardinals have, have basically are, are trying to fix pitching woes with, with veterans. There's an upside and a downside. The Brewers know it well from the era when they used to go get the Kyle Loches and Matt Garzas of the world, because if it works out, then you get a guy like a Grinky or a Sean Markham who's front of the rotation. And if it doesn't work out, then you get jokes about Jeff Supon for 15 years. Mm, so right. that's, so the Cardinals could be anything from from soup to nuts. I think they'll be dangerous. They've got a you know the guys that they've got will make a good pitching staff. But man, you know the drop off is quick, and if it if that doesn't happen for them, they could be in trouble for a little while. What do you like about this team? If you had to say, here's some of the strengths of this Brewers team that you know, I, I mean, they lost their manager. They lost Corbin Burns, and you had mentioned, you know, Woodruff, who had been hurt a, a good portion of the season last year, but you still had that stability. What are things about this team that you like? I'm a, I'm a huge fan of just the the it's what's coming soon and and has started to arrive in Milwaukee reminds me a lot of what went on in 2005, six, seven. Uh, back then, it was. Ryan Braun and Prince Fielder and Corey Hart and Ricky Weeks, and they were the, the offensive core of what this team was for years to come. This group is Churio, who they believe in enough to, to basically make him their big free agent signing of the offseason, and he's not even 20. Uh, Churio, Mitchell, Sal Freelich, Bryce Terang, like there's a, there's a young offensive core that's not only – developing quickly but they're going to be around a long time that's that's where the very bright future of this team is is just those young guys that that'll be around uh you know obviously the you know if you get some of those young guys to do something in the pitching staff as well that would be tremendous that's what the brewers didn't have that last time around a guy like a jacob miserowski who we were watching uh todd rosiak had video of him yesterday and he was throwing uh he, he could he can go triple digits and I'm telling you, this this team, if if Mizorowski shows polish around it, that he could find himself into that rotation pretty fast. So yeah, youth and youth and future are are uh, the way that I, I look at this team in a positive way right now. So as I and I hear what you're saying because I'm excited about it. I don't want to see them deal away uh, a Sal Freelick or a Garrett Mitchell or you know, uh, you know obviously Cheerio. They're not going to, but. I do want to say that if there's a weakness on this team, don't we look at it and say probably their starting rotation is their weakest link at this point? Yeah, that there's no no question in my mind that that it's it's Freddie Peralta and then some question marks beyond. And I'm not sure that that's a question that gets answered in February or March. I mean, the hope is that you you know you find what you believe are the the five best guys or the five most appropriate guys to start the season in that rotation. But as you know. 
162 game season and you know the way that arms are treated these days five isn't going to do it it's going to be seven or, or 11 or whatever the number is going to be uh, you're going to have to have uh, you know to fill in in spots in the in the rotation so that's that's the biggest question mark by a, a long shot. Freddie, you know, as long as Freddie's healthy, he's a, I think he's a, a very capable ace. But then beyond it, you got to find a capable two and three. And, you know, even if you just have to cobble together something for four and five, I mean, it's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of games pitched in a season. And unfortunately for the Brewers, not a lot of guys to throw those games right now. So with the addition of a new manager, Pat Murphy, who is obviously a familiar face, Craig Council leaving, what kind of an impact do you think Murphy does or doesn't have? Uh, and, and I'm not necessarily even talking about wins and losses because we know that it's all about keeping uh, kind of a clubhouse together and not allowing it to divide itself into cliques, if you will. Right, and, and Murphy will do a good job with that. And the other thing that I think he'll do very well is Murphy relates very well to young ball players, he has a thousand wins as a college manager. Uh, in fact, the you know his his biggest uh, friendship that came out of his his college days was Craig Council, and mm-hmm. Council thought enough of him to bring him onto the staff years ago, and he's still here today. Murphy Murphy's going to be uh, a lot of fun. He's he's really quick with the the responses, which is going to be great for us, and I imagine for the team as well, because they were they were asking him about Mizorowski throwing one hundred three yesterday. And he said, what is that, his weight? Like, come on. <laughs> so that's your, that's your Pat Murphy quote. Like, that's, you know, you're going to hear a lot of it. Murphy's going to be an engaging guy. And because he's had so much success at the college level, all those young guys, that young core, I think, are going to benefit from him. I think that's really the, the group that benefits the best is, you know, that, that same group of young guys, the Mitchells and Freelix and Cheerios that I talked about. I think they'll really, really like Murphy. I uh, I like what they've done in keeping the pieces for the infield, and you know they'll figure out third base. But all the talk was about whether or not they were going to trade away Willie Adamas. Uh, do you look at Adamas last year? He had the power numbers, but his offensive output just was down, just because. And then he took it out into the field. He had some miscues, some errors. I kind of equated to going back to when Corey Kosky was here. He he just he had one good season, and then his offense went to crap, and he couldn't field where the dam, and it affected him. Same thing with Colton Wong. Do you just look at last year as kind of a an apparition for Willie Adamas? Yeah, that's a it's a really good analogy because for some players, if they can't get it done at the plate and it starts to get in their head, they do take that out with them into the field, and and uh, and it did and has messed up some careers before. I don't think it's going to mess up Adamas's career. I, I think, as you say, more of an aberration, a little more of just a down blip for him. Uh, just, I still think Adamas is so important to this team because of the energy that he brings the fact that he when he's right at the plate he'll get you power he will help you win games there he'll help you defensively um i was i was thrilled because when you know when the burns trade happened the first thing i said was okay get ready for the next one because this is the start of a you know this is going to be a trend there will be other guys gone and i figured that devin williams and willie adamas would not be brewers right now uh, it makes me really happy that they both are because it shows that the Brewers aren't totally punting on right now. They're not just taking this thing for two or three years down the road. The fact that they have Adamas and uh, and Devin Williams at the moment tells you they want to win right now. And if those young guys get good enough, they still can. Why? Here's my question with Devin Williams. I mean, you saw what happened when you got rid of Josh Hader. Why would you then turn around and get rid of Devin Williams? 
<laughs> yeah, that's that is. Look, I the the timing of the Corbin Burns trade is really curious, and I think it all ties back to Hater because you, you get a, a front office together, and they're trying to they're, they're having to deal with a lot of different factors, dealing with the present, dealing with the future, capital that you can get back for players that you know will be gone. But I don't know if the if the front office really understood the impact of trading a veteran, a respected veteran like Josh Hader when they did, because the reaction to that team was significant. You know, the emotion came out of that clubhouse. And I think they've had to try to take that into, into account. Uh, and, you know, they knew that Burns was going to have to be gone. But rather than do that during a season where you're popping a balloon in July or August, they had to do it when they did it. Uh, in the off season, even right after they signed Reese Hoskins. So bringing that back to Devin Williams, I, I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened before, you know, you start spring training. But I also agree that if you decide you're going to compete, if you really, you know, if the whole thing about consistently competing is there, then I, yeah, it was, it was a smart idea to hang on to Devin Williams, unless you got blown away by an offer of prospects. That's a guy who's going to be terrific for you in the closers role. He's a plus guy, and, and he's essential if you're going to be a competitive team. What uh, on this team right now concerns you the most? If, you, if we're going to say this is going to be the downfall of the Brewers this season, is it just strictly we look at the starting pitching and going, well, can they hold up? Or is there another? Because I think, I think that's the only question mark. I think you, you know you've got good up-and-coming talent and hustle in the outfield. If you can get Bryce Terang's bat to give you anything, that's going to be a plus. If you can get Joey Weimer to add you depth and his bat to be anything, that'll be a plus. I think you're solid over at first base. You've got a DH and Christian Yelich. I think everything's kind of ripe to be a good, young, up-and-coming team that can get you a lot of wins. The only question to me is whether or not this this rotation gets you, gets you the wins and gets you into the sixth inning. And, and tell me this. If you get right now on the back end of this thing, if you get three pitchers, Piamps being your your eighth inning guy, obviously Devin Williams, uh, you know, if you get that other guy, and and you know they had a young arm come up last year, and everybody was excited about it, and now whether or not you can keep it at, like you said, Mizoroski can even throw over, you know, a hundred miles an hour. But last year you had some guys in the back end of that pen that really started to kind of show their wares as well. And if the Brewers are able to get anything out of a guy like Uribe. Does that then, could we look at them as like a very young version of the Nasty Boys going back to 1990? Yeah, it's, what it reminds me of really is, is 2018. If you're, if you're going to go with that, that three-headed monster in the bullpen, I did love the Nasty Boys. They were great. Uh, right. The, the, the 2018 version was Jeremy Jeffress and Corey Knable and Josh Hader, and, and they were so important to that team that Craig Council was changing everything about how he handled the starting rotation. He had a yeah. guy go out and take one hitter in a playoff game because he could throw his bullpen for as much as he wanted and he knew they'd be effective. And that combination, Piomps and Aribe and then Devin Williams, I mean, they've got a chance. They really do. They've got a chance yeah. to be that. I mean, Piomps is probably the, the one that would have to, to, to jump, maybe take another jump forward to get there. But three good relievers is a – man, that's a, that's, a, that's a formula to get you out of a lot of jams in right. baseball I agree. Hey, real quick before I let you go, and predictions way too early to be right and obviously to go wrong. Give me your, give me the way you see see this uh, division falling out. Uh, I think the I think the Brewers hit enough and do enough good things that they're going to be an above five hundred team. I'm a little concerned about the uh, the you know winning the division. I'm not sure that's 
that's going to happen at this point. But, uh, but I mean, it, it still could. I, man, Cincinnati does scare me right now. I think Cincinnati and St. Louis are up there at the, at the top, and the Brewers are about a half notch behind them. The Cubs, I think this first year might just be kind of a, a throwaway. I, I could see them as a five, excuse me, a 500 or just below 500 team. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, the Pirates, uh, we're going to put a soccer relegation system, and the Pirates will be in AAA in 2025. <laughs> Kevin, great stuff, buddy. I appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you soon, and uh, we'll look for your stuff coming from, uh, coming from Maryvale, okay? Can't wait, Bill. Thanks, as always, man. Appreciate it. There you go. That's Kevin Holden, CBS 58, joining us on the hotline for a couple of minutes. You can find him over on X at 321QKevin. That's 321QKevin. And uh, he is also doing the uh, Telemundo broadcast for the Milwaukee Brewers again this year. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break, come back. we got a lot more to get to this portion of the program, brought to you by our friends at JL Tire and Service Center. They're on Boulder Road in Watertown, Wisconsin, also right uh, above 94th, the Johnson Creek exit in Johnson Creek. And both places, whether it's getting an oil change, getting new tires, or getting from a, a you know a minivan all the way up to a big rig worked on, they've got the facilities to do it, and they want to say thank you for voting them the best tire dealer out there. That is JNL Tire and Service Center in Watertown and in Johnson Creek. Go to JNLTire.com. That's JNLTire.com. More of the Bill Michaels. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to the program on a Friday. Oh, my God. A good Friday edition. Love it. Love it. A little bit of sun outside. It was supposed to be an overcast day. A little bit nicer out. You know what's really nice is the snow that fell yesterday, 99% of it is gone. And I'm looking out the window, and I can see the tiki bar. I can see... You know, some of the colors and uh, everything's kind of, you know, falling off of the, the back patio and all the patio furniture. And it's, I'm starting to dream of warmer weather. I know it's going to be cold this weekend, but uh, it's going to get back into the 40s and 50s. This is a bizarre, bizarre offseason for us. It just is. It is an extremely warm El Nino type of year. And I got to tell you, I'm enjoying the hell out of it, <laughs> for lack of a better term. I just am. We're going to talk some uh, flat track uh, motorcycle racing coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Also, we're going to talk a little bit more uh, about what uh, Mama Tried and the uh, Bike Builder event is. We're going to get into that coming up here in about uh, about uh, 10, 15 minutes from now, so don't go anywhere. Hey, another great event in uh, Milwaukee, the Irish Cultural Heritage Center, which oddly enough is only a block away from the Rave Eagles Club, the Eagles Ballroom, uh, right there on West Wisconsin Avenue in Milwaukee. But uh, coming up now, they have a lot of great acts. Okay. They, they just do. They've got a lot of great music. Uh, the Irish cultural heritage center has been around a long time since 90, 1992, over 30 years. They've been trying to keep this thing together. It's a nonprofit. So it's not like they're out there making a ton of money. However, coming up the night before March 16th, Saturday night, we're going to go see Cynthia. And that is going to be a party. As a matter of fact, uh, I had taken some, uh, from last year. I had taken some video. I'm going to repost that at some point on all the social media platforms, and hopefully you get a chance to come see him with us. We're going to – I mean, we we alone, just with friends, we've got a group of like 10 to 20 that are going to go. And we, we're going to – I don't know if we're going to buy a table, a VIP table or whatever, but we're getting tickets for this thing. And it's going to be a blast. We're going to have a lot of fun, and hopefully you can as well. The Irish Cultural Heritage Center, Cynthia is coming to town on Saturday night, March 16th. Go to ICHC.net. That is ICHC.net. 
and uh, it should be a lot of fun. And if you're looking for a concert, great. If you're looking maybe for a place to have a wedding, you can rent it out. Meeting space, same thing. They've got a. They've even got a two two, not one, but two pubs inside this place. So you know, there's nothing better than a good wedding and a lot of beverages after the fact, or a good uh, good meeting and a lot of beverages after the fact. So anyway, go to ichc.net, ichc.net, or call our buddy Corey four one four three four five eighty eight hundred four one four three four five eighty eight hundred four one four three four five eighty eight hundred. Uh, Rick said, did the ICHC recover their money? Uh, they got a good majority of it back, but uh, the bank that they bank with wanted to pass it off on everybody else and fought them tooth and nail for every penny. So they got uh, not all of it, but they got at least they can operate now, uh, which is good. And uh, you know what? Uh, to a lot of you that listen to the program that knew what happened and you made donations, and you can. You can go to ICHC.net and donate. Uh, you made a lot of donations that kept them afloat. And uh, for those that didn't know, going back to Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving Day, uh, hackers broke into their account online via their bank and stole all, I mean, not like took some, stole all of their money, their operating funds to the tunes of tens of thousands of dollars. And uh, it's a charity, for God's sakes. So anyway, uh, you can uh, you can uh, you can check in with them. By the way, Mark says it is 15 degrees in Eau Claire. I did see that. The further northwest you go, the worse it is. You go up like Superior Duluth, I think it was three degrees this morning. Uh, down here, it's I think today is like the high of 34, 33, something like that. And it's cold tomorrow, too, and windy. And then it starts warming back up Friday or uh, Saturday, excuse me, Sunday, Monday. We're talking 50s here next week. So I'll take it. Take it for in a heartbeat. Uh, this one's from Jack. Jack says, uh, do you think that the Brewers have overestimated some of the young talent on this team? They're going to all have to perform at the same time for this team to get back into the postseason. I don't think so. I mean, you tell me what you saw last year. With a guy like Sal Freelich, when he came up, what you saw last year with Garrett Mitchell, when he came up, even though he went down with a shoulder issue. Uh, Churio is obviously a guy that they believe in. Uribe came up, and that guy's got some serious heat. If he can develop just a really good off-speed pitch, uh, a change-up via like Devin Williams did, phew, holy mackerel. I mean, that, that, when you go from 10 to 12 miles per hour difference, it's, that's a huge difference. And for what he throws, if he can throw a, a low 90s, Change up, high 80s change up, and with that 102-mile-an-hour fastball with all kinds of hop on it, whoa, that becomes deadly. Uh, the difference is, like Kevin Holden said, is we're all looking, we're all looking at the starting rotation. You know, you got to get consistency out of Freddie Peralta. you got to get consistency out of Wade Miley. You know, who knows who's going to be able to fill in the rest of that lineup and whether or not it's going to be quality or not. All you're looking for is decent quality starts. That's it. Even if you get through five innings, uh, at least you believe that your bullpen has enough in it consistently to be able to to be able to shine so I think that's what you're looking for out of the Brewers to be perfectly honest with you um one more real quick and Anthony says uh I still believe in Pat Murphy over Craig Council Craig Council made a lot of bad moves especially in the postseason tried to outthink himself and that's what ultimately cost him if Pat Murphy just goes with the talent that he's had that he has the Brewers will ultimately have even more success yes and no um uh, look it's kind of like Shanahan, you know, where the guy's a hell of a coach. They said the other day he hasn't won a big game, but he's won big games to put him in a Super Bowl. So, you know, that's what every, that's the argument here is, well, you know, Matt LaFleur hasn't won a big game. He hasn't won an NFC Championship game. Okay, so if he wins that and loses the Super Bowl, has he still won a big game? Of course he has. Craig Council's won series in the postseason as the Brewers manager. He's won big games. It is what it is. 
You know, I, I'm not getting mad at Craig. Craig did a hell of a job. He's the winningest manager in Brewers history. You know, I mean, that's saying something because when you look at a guy like Scrap Iron who was here for so long, he won because of longevity. You know, what Craig Council did was consistently put this team in the postseason. And it wasn't always with the best talent either. It was the utilization of the statistics, the sabermetrics, and just kind of gut and know-how. But also, he kept clubhouses together. So, no, I'm not I'm not jumping on that, you know, faulting Craig Council in some way, shape, or form. Or Pat Murphy's got a better handle on things. I don't know. We'll wait and see. But there was, that was a good point that, Craig, or that uh, Kevin Holden had, was that Pat Murphy was an incredibly winning manager with college guys. You talk about youth and relating to youth. So the fact that he was able to do that and win at the collegiate level and then come in and be a bench coach in the majors and still have the same respect, I'm, I'm optimistic. I really am. I'm excited about the Brewers to get underway. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we are going to talk some flat-track motorcycle, motorcycle racing. I'm looking forward to it. If by chance yesterday you had a fender bender in that little bit of mashed potato stuff, that snow that came down, uh, if you're in the Milwaukee area, the surrounding counties, one collision county line in Menominee Falls, call them 262-251-1700. They're the ones that uh, when I had a fender bender in the rear quarter of my car, man, they fixed the whole thing up. and look, made, It still it looks like brand new. I, I, every time I get it washed, I just sit there and uh, kind of one of those car guys, I lean back and admire my car. And they did a fantastic job. They can do the same for you. And the best part about it is they text you and it's on your phone every step of the way. That's one collision county line in Menominee Falls. Again, call them 262-251-1700, 262-251-1700. Flat track racing. We'll discuss next with the Bill Ma- Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. Bill Michael Show. Continuing on, rocking on, on this Friday. We've got Mike Clemens coming up here in about a half an hour from now. Stay tuned for that. He'll talk with us about uh, what he did after we left out in Vegas. Mike was uh, at a show to see Rich Little. He was at the, uh, God, what do I call it, the uh, Neon Sign Graveyard. So we got all that kind of stuff going on. But uh, joining us here in studio, always a pleasure to get anybody in studio for that matter, is our uh, buddy Jeremy Prock, who is here. Part of the uh, the Flat Out Friday and Mama Tried group and everything. How you doing, man? It's good to see you. <laughs> well, it's great to be here. You have no idea, Bill Michaels, how exciting it is to see you. Why's that? I think you're... Because I'm wearing shorts, by the I... way. Because I'm wearing shorts? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I have seen better legs on a pool table, but those are good-looking legs. Uh, no, you, you mean a lot. You mean a lot. I, th- I think how you run your industry is, is innovative Yeah. Uh, in this world of podcasting, where everybody can podcast, but somehow yeah. you've... You've managed to come from the old school and turn it into a new school, and then you're leading the pack. Yeah, we're uh, we're trying to do something anyway. Yeah. You know, we've got a lot of people that are following and trying to do what we do. It was fun when I had a chance to join you guys on your uh, your podcast, which was awesome. We do have a podcast, and I, I I listen to you. I listen to you more than you know. I'm not trying to be like weird, or, you know, like a weird fan, but there's so many things that you do well that I don't, which is uh, articulating names. You're so good and quick oh, at, at okay. memorizing names and. Yeah. Memorizing sets, how I just listened to you rattle off the Blue Brewers roster. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't do that well, without It's kind of like osmosis, though. I can't build a motorcycle the way you guys can. Oh, uh, well, you know? okay. I appreciate you that. You know, yeah. once you do it five or six <laughs> or 20 times, and you all of a sudden know about fuel injectors and carburetors and gears and clutches, and, you know, you, you get it. You yeah. Know? But to me, I'd look at it and go, you know what? I need help. Yeah. You know? I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Everybody has a skill set. Right. 
But your original question was, how am I doing? And uh, I'm doing really well. It's a Friday. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, good. Um, next week is your week, man. Uh, you it guys, is a week. It's a big week. You guys started in the, correct me if I'm wrong, was it the Bradley Center you started in or the UW Panther Arena? Well, so let me, let me just be, let me be clear. There's two events, two main events going right. on. Flat Out Friday. That's me and my partners, and then Mama Tried Show. That's Scott and Warren themselves. Okay. Okay. So there's two Scott and Warren. It's you, Scott and Warren. That's you guys right. kind of put yep. all this stuff together. Yep. Yep. Uh, but it, it's for those that don't know. Okay. Let, let's explain what Friday is, yes. and then we'll go to what yes. Saturday is because Friday is called Flat Out Friday. So let's start there because it is it is motorcycle racing. It's fun. It gets you back into the spirit of things. But I've also seen a Porta John. <laughs> have a crash on a track yes well you know what let me let me zoom way up because I, i'm gonna guess that your listeners they were just listening to the brewers spring training and then bam they're hit with this and they they might not let me let me get it up to speed if i can okay go ahead so, so scott and warren did start a motorcycle show so they bring in 100 motorcycles from around the world and to answer your question where was it at first now that one was at the at the building it was in a it was a restored building next to the iron horse hotel mm-hmm and they were expecting a couple hundred people, but yet a couple thousand people showed up. Right. And people said, this should be an annual event where we bring in motorcycles from around the world and we treat them like art. Well, Scott and Warren asked me to help uh, like the next year. Can you run the door? And I remember saying, I'll, you know, I'll help you with your little motorcycle, your little motorcycle show, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, be there at 10. All right. You know, I roll in around 1030 and there's a line around the block. And, and I had never seen anything like that, that the young, youthful, new spirit of motorcycling. And uh, it, it had been older for me, maybe more dealer-centered, but this was, this was unique. It was empowering, if you will, of the, seeing these young people mm-hmm. and this, this, youth, this youth movement. So I had asked them, could I do a motorcycle race uh, the Friday before? Right. And so that's why Flat Out Friday, that's where the narrative came from or the, the title of, sure. the, of the language came from. But I forget your original question. The original question was, um, now, I want to know, because Flat Out Friday is so unique. When I tell people oh, yes. they're racing motorcycles yes. inside the Pfizer Forum, it, the, it's, it's different categories. It's different ages. We see little kids doing it. It's just, it's amazing. But you guys set up, you, you, you remove everything. The basketball court's gone. There's no hockey rink. There's no nothing. It's just, it's just the concrete. And then you guys treat this, this track that you make with what, Dr. Pepper? That's that's right. Yes, okay. yes. So so there's a there's a lot to unpack there. You, you so I really love flat track. I got into this sport about 15 years ago as a father. I tried my son, um, my son Loyal, who I would put into karate and hockey, and nothing really stuck like motorcycling. Mm-hmm. Once I got into that community, I, I see how empowering it can be and how diverse it can be with the ages, right? Uh, and women and and things like that. So. I try to uh, capture that in this show. But you talk about the concrete. You know, when I originally had this plan, I would love to have brought in dirt. In fact, I, I remember the, you know, the Badger Midgets? You remember, yeah. Remember, yep, they used yep. to do a big show at, right. the, at the Mecca. Right. And I saw that when I was a kid, and I thought, I'm going to try to do that. But it's so expensive to bring dirt in in the wintertime. And clean it up. Yeah, and clean it up. <laughs> I mean, you're talking probably hundreds of thousands of dollars, probably $200,000 to bring in that dirt. So I did some research, and you can spray some Coke syrup. The monster trucks do this to protect the floor from making the skid marks. Right. It creates like an acidic, it just like eats the, t- the rubber a little bit, just yeah. enough to make it, you know, just so it's soft. And so it's a misnomer that we're racing on Coke syrup, because actually by the time the crowd gets there, you're actually racing on a layer of rubber. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. yeah yep. And it also adds a little bit of stick and traction and all that yeah. kind of stuff so you don't see people sliding all over on well, that. Well, you, really... you will. If you don't have proper body position, yes. you will slip yes. all over. And that's yes. what I think what makes it exciting. 
So it's uh, they're going around as fast as they can, and it's everything from a what, what's the longest heat? Twenty five laps, <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah. Well, so the crowd won't see heat races. Now we have three hundred and fifty riders. We have to sort through. We got to sh- separate the wheat from the shaft before you even get there. <laughs> Uh, so you will see some last chance qualifiers and then main events. So the longest race, well, it's 35 laps in honor of a, a, a pro, a woman who, who, had, who had died in a race. Uh, her name was Charlotte Keynes. Her race number was 35. Okay. So we do a 35-lap race for her. That sounds crazy, 35 laps, but it's six-second laps. Right. So we're looking at about a four-minute race, right. even at its longest. So the show is uh, action-packed. Uh, you know, you're looking at three-minute races on average coming through next class and i try to keep it diverse right. you mentioned the um the porta potties the porta potties there the are some bikes all that stuff there yeah. are some things out there that we call that the goofball class yeah. it's our closer i try to get people to do ridiculous things because a couple of years ago a guy won it on a jet ski over a motorcycle <laughs> who was dressed like hulk hogan <laughs> that is that <laughs> is true and i don't even fantastic. want to explain that i don't even want to explain <laughs> it you let that just sit so you guys do the races. The races are fun, and uh, the whole bottom bowl of the Fiserv Forums packed with people. It's it's a great time, uh, fun event. So it's it's people that do it all over. There's people that do it as a hobby. Then there's the kids, which is always mm-hmm. amazing to me because little kids do this. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. the what's the youngest age of kids that do this? Well, according to the American Motorcycle Association, uh, I believe the you can be four to six. So our lowest class is four to six year olds. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. but it's so cool. Yeah, and helmets and, uh, you know, a, a tape on their shoe. They're turning, great body position. A uh, four-year-old, you know, they're, they're, they've, they have the skill and talent as many of the older ones. Yeah, it's amazing to watch. It's so much fun to see the little kids do it. So <laughs> yes. uh, then you get to, you go to Flat Out Friday, you enjoy yourself, have a couple of beverages, watch the racing, the whole thing. It's a whole night of racing, and it's a lot of fun. You guys do a great job televising it inside the Fiserv Forum. You've got your own broadcasters, the whole thing. Then they get... Uh, the Saturday night, and that's when the rave, the Eagles Ballroom, opens up, and like you said, it's a hundred bikes around the world. I, it's it, to me, I go back to the old bike build-off days, but this is like you said, this is like looking at motorcycles of art mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. in the artistic sense of the way they're built and put together, and the way, and they're still rideable, but they're such amazing sculptures of what people have done, and body, sweat, and tears, uh, so much to be put into these things. Yeah, I think you said that really well. I don't think I could say it any better. Uh, other than, now, it's not Saturday night, it's Saturday morning. So Saturday doors, morning, open at, doors open at 10, um, so all day long, you're getting to see these motorcycles, but not only, now, I think similar to the bike build-off is the builder is standing next to their motorcycle. Right. And so the stories, so many of these, if you just took the motorcycle itself, it might not be as impressive. But when you wrap wrap in the story uh, of the builder that built it, then you get a, a interesting. Oh, product. I, I'll say this: if you're a motorcycle enthusiast, the, the motorcycle itself is impressive. I've seen some really, really, really cool motorcycles. Whether yeah, it's priceless. the stretches, right? Whether it's the stretches or some of the uh, some of the old easy easy rider style of bikes and the old school type of Harleys and and there's so and you care it's not just the Harley style of bike it's it's the the as they allude to the crotch rocket things too I sure. mean you guys sure. have well, all we, kinds yeah, of metric, stuff. the metric crowd if you will yes yeah there's plenty of that there too yeah so we are going to be giving away a VIP package that's right yes so which you just found out about <laughs> <laughs> well there's so many plates you know and a lot of times when I when I you get so stuck in what you're doing and then you get this fresh perspective and you're like oh I forgot yeah. about that I'm sure that happens to you uh, uh, yes. So what we're <laughs> going to do is starting on Monday, uh, which is the reason I wanted to get you in here today. But starting on Monday, we are going to uh, there's going to be some placards that are going to go up on our social media platforms on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. 
And what you're going to do is you're just going to say, you know, something to the effect of, you know, I want to go or VIP. But then you put in the hashtag Flat Out Friday and hashtag Bill Michael Show. Those two hashtags will get you entered into our analytics, which the analytics will then pick one winner out of all four of those platforms. And somebody uh, will be notified on Wednesday. We'll probably read it off during the show at the last hour. And then we'll let you know who was the winner. And they get a chance to come on uh, Friday night and hang out in the middle of the infield and see all the behind-the-scenes stuff with Kristen and I. Just seeing Kristen alone is pretty much worth the price of admission. <laughs> and uh, then they get to hang with you guys and such on Saturday morning and come and check out uh, the artistic uh, artisticness of the bike, so to speak. Yeah, okay, okay. So we're going to do a Bill Michaels-only uh, VIP. I can, I can make that happen. Can you make let's, that happen? Let's do this. Let's do this. I'm making this up, by the way. I'm making this up. <laughs> Because listening to how you did this, this is really good. We're gonna, if we're going to do just straight, ha straight hashtags, let's do uh, two pit passes. So you get to come into the pits. You can give right. a tour. Let's give them front row seats. Okay. I, I think there's a couple left. I gotta, I'll, I'll save them. Okay. And let's get them tickets to Mama Tried uh, in the VIP there. In the VIP. In okay. the VIP lounge at Mama Tried, it's cool. You get the snacks. You get the drinks. You get kind of a place to go take a load off, sit on the couches, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and uh, all of the builders get and, that same VIP pass. Yes. So you're, you're in this backstage area. And you're hanging with all the bike builders. So that's kind of a cool thing. How, how did, and, and I get this all the time, how in the world... Did the did the name Mama Tried come about? Because I, I, we always get that, and sure. every year you tell me, and every year I forget. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, now they Scott and Warren. I, I was not there, but Scott and Warren were there, and this is how I would think it would go. There, there's kind of a, a nomenclature in the bike show industry: cheap thrills, yeah, uh, born free, yeah. Uh, I, I'm drawing a blank at the other ones, but there's that kind of two name, almost rock and roll band, right style. So Mama Tried uh, was, was, you know, fit that formula, and I, and I think it's, it's stuck. It's stuck to kind of this, this rock and roll, you know, what's his name? Who wrote that song? He was an outlaw, right? He was an outlaw just in general. Who wrote that Waylon song? Jennings. Waylon Jennings, yeah. yes. Yeah. And his whole, his whole outlaw feel. And so I think that's kind of what Scott and Warren were going for, this outside-of-the-box yeah. motorcycling. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have done this, this, this track racing and such. You do it in Sturgis. We see you guys out at uh, the Full Throttle Saloon. <laughs> you guys have now, it's, got, it's become popular internationally. You guys did it in Brazil? Am I, or, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. Well, now, we didn't invent flat track by any stretch. No. Uh, I just think that we're making it a little more uh, friendly to beginners and friendly to women and friendly to, it's empowering. So we did do an event. We did one in, uh, in Jakarta, uh, Malaysia, Bali uh, is on the next, Bali's next, we hope. Um, and we're doing one in Portland too, but, but why this travels, if you will, is again, because we have a diverse show with diverse participants, uh, and it's empowering. That's how I think the Brazilians saw it. Yeah. Wow. I can get involved. And even this whole movement of these hooligans, they're racing our, our premier class is the hooligan class. Do you, do you know what this yes. is? Yes. I, I, I've seen it. Yeah. So that's the, uh, those, those are sportsters, generally sportsters or twin American twins. Uh, and they strip them down and they create flat track bikes out of them. Yeah, and why that's empowering is it's really pretty easy to get your hand on a sportster. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating. I love it, and it always it, when the Masters gets here, you know, spring is around the corner. You start to feel warm, <laughs> but when you're longing and jonesing for a motorcycle, anything you can hear rev up and roar, and you're sitting here in the doldrums of winter in the state yeah. of Wisconsin. When that comes up, uh, you can't wait to throw the Harley gear on or whatever. Yeah. It's sponsored by Harley Davidson. We got to give a shout out. Yeah, to Harley yeah, Davidson. for sure, for sure. But you can't wait to get the Harley gear on. And as a rider, you're just like, oh god, I can't wait for yeah. that. I can't wait. Your ears will be ringing, and you're going to yeah. go home smelling like exhaust. Yeah, you'll smell a little bit like exhaust. You'll you'll ring a little bit, and your pants are fit a little tighter because you can see the motorcycles <laughs> floating around. And you're not on one yet, but you know you're getting close. <laughs> That's the way it is. It's great to talk to you, man. Uh, tell Scott and Warren we said hi. Yeah. We'll see him in a week. Uh, obviously, when you guys are all down there at the Fiserv Forum, we'll do the hashtag. 
bags. We'll get people all registered up. We'll bring a couple of lucky winners with us, and we'll have one hell of a time. All right, I really appreciate we'll it. We'll party the way motorcyclists should. Yeah, yeah. You know, as Careful. we all drive down in our cars. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you. Jeremy Proc joining us here in studio. Let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, uh, don't forget, coming up here in just a short bit, we have got our guy, Mike Clemens. He is going to be talking with us, and Mike will uh, tell us what he has going on out in Vegas after the fact, and then we'll kind of wrap up Super Bowl and start to look forward to uh, what is next. Next on the docket is the NFL Combine. Stay right where you're at. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. You got to hit it, make it, rock it. Welcome back. It's a Friday. I'm loving it. Loving life. We got to talk motorcycling. I mean, short of throwing in some bass fishing at this point, uh, maybe talking about water parks out in the Dells or something, I mean, at least I feel a little bit warmer. You know what I mean? We've talked baseball, motorcycles. We could talk bass fishing. Um, I don't know. Talk about bocce ball. <laughs> something. Thinking about the outside, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at The Nice Ash. Uh, and if you uh, like a good cigar or such uh, every now and then, uh, maybe you do that outside. But there's a place you can do it inside, and that is here in the state of Wisconsin, right in my own backyard, which is Waukesha, Wisconsin, 323 West Main Street. And whether it's good cigars, they have hookahs, different flavors. But uh, last night, tonight, tomorrow, every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they have music. They have live entertainment. Uh, great local artists as well. Some singles. Some big bands, whatever it happens to be. And they have a uh, bourbon and whiskey club as well that you can jump into. But they have and support a lot of great local breweries and local tap beers. So they have that stuff as well. And my friends from uh, Point Brewing, they got quite a few. They got the Point Loggers, uh, the Snow Pilots in there. I know they have Cider Boys in there as well. So they got a lot of the uh, local stuff in there also. So uh, thanks to our friends at Nice Ash Cigar Bar, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha for being a big part of the program. So, Grant, did you learn anything about motorcycle racing? That's what I want to know. I think everything that was said in that interview I learned. That was that was all new information. So, that was you, that was Really? Cool okay. Yeah. I don't if, know much now, about racing. It, uh, now, are you around next weekend? If you and Rachel want to go with us and you want to go see it, I'll take you. Oh god, what am I doing next? Oh, I got to go. It's funny we've talked oh, here to, we go. we've talked about Chicago. I'm going to okay. Indiana next weekend. What are you doing in Indiana? I'm going to Michigan City because we're going to see um, some of our best friends used to live in La Crosse, and now they live just gotcha. on the far side of Chicago. Okay. Well, you're forgiven there. What, night's, you know, what night's the race? Uh, the race is Friday. Even halfway now, here's Friday. the thing. When you think about going downtown, it can also come with a night at Calderon Club. That's the best. So you do a little flat track racing. You're done. You're like, hmm. I worked up an appetite. Next thing you know, you're face first into that uh, that eggplant uh, that they have down there. A little bit of spaghetti meatballs or heading over to San Giorgio next door. Either way, it's awesome. That 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 right there is an awesome night. And your pants fit tighter for a different reason <laughs> at that point in time. I am not a, a, a food snob. I'm not a foodie or a picky eater. But you are you're doing your best to ruin that because between the <laughs> Calderon Club and then Mike took us to that spot in Vegas. Like I I'm becoming a foodie. Uh, you know it. It, we went to, we went to Piero's, uh, which was a terrific Italian restaurant. But the other thing that I'm looking forward to is again, as we head down to Chicago and over the House of Blues on Saturday. But when you and I and everybody, the staff went to the House of Blues in the Foundation Room at top of the Mandalay Bay, oh, that was some good food. 
Oh my God, that was good food. And the that what was what was the cheese and the grilled cheese that we had? Do you remember? Was that because that that wasn't like just regular grilled American cheese? It was. Well, I can't imagine it was a craft single. No, and if it was, they prepared it <laughs> very well. It was what I remember. It was burrito taco meat. So it was. Like yes. it was as much of a, it was a grilled cheese in name only. There was a lot going on. Yeah. It was like a giant grilled cheese taco. It was so good. So good. Ah, the day. But I'm going to be doing that uh, cauliflower tempura coming up tomorrow night. I am going to starve myself like I'm going to the effing electric chair. And I'm going to go down on that stuff come tomorrow night. Just throwing it out there. We got Mike Clemens coming up in about 15 minutes. Don't go anywhere. We're going to talk with him. We got another hour of the Bill Michael Show yet to go. Stay tuned. We got more right after this.